we get closer to home with Mark Farner on the Music Universe podcast. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Oh, it goes well. Today was a good day. First day of the year. Now, you can't relate to this because mid-Southern California, but first day (laughs) of the year that I actually felt comfortable wearing shorts. It is always so freezing in this house. I actually, no matter the temperature outside, because we have... We don't really have central heating and air. We have air conditioning, but like the the lowest level of the house, there's no vents. So the very top of the house freezes because it's just a hallway with the bedrooms. The The living room is more moderate. And then the, the bottom, uh, the last room is the most, is the most sort of just room temperature. So, but every night I'm always freezing. I'm always incredibly freezing or very hot. And... Mm. So in the morning I wake up, I'm freezing cold, I never want to wear shorts. So this is the first day of the year, (laughs) despite multiple 70 degree days, that I've actually felt comfortable wearing shorts because it's humid, it's 80 degrees, and it is what it is. How are you? I'm great, and you're right. I can always relate to that type of weather, although it's been in triple digits uh, this last week as we're recording this. Uh, No telling by the time this airs how many triple digit days we've seen. But uh, yeah, we're looking at maybe 110 sometime later this week. So that's not. You, is it humid? Are you near the ocean at all? Uh, I'm about two hours from the ocean, so it's not really humid, but it's just a dry type of desert heat. Because even mm. though Bakersfield is like in the the San Joaquin Valley, you you're still an hour or so away from a desert, and then you're an hour or so away from mountains. So we've got it all within an hour's drive. Wow. Well, that was a good chat about the weather. Let's talk about today's guest. Uh, (laughs) Mark Farner. This was interesting. We just wrapped with him. Very, very nice guy. Extremely. And very open. We we went there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we went there. Yeah. You got to listen to see where we went, but uh, I think longtime fans will know what that means, and uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. How you doing, Mark? Well, I'm doing, but not mill doing. <laughs> I love that, Mark. Mark Farner, thank you for joining us on the Music Universe podcast. What have you been doing to stay busy during this crazy quarantine? Well, we started a bunch of heirloom seeds. We cleared out the old chicken house and set up, you know, two by four uh, lean twos. Uh, Whatever we could strap to the wall and create a shelf to hold plants, we got plants. And uh, by the end of next week, fingers crossed, all that stuff is going in the ground, boys. Awesome. Yeah. That's been eating up our time, but we love it. You know, we like dirt under our fingernails and toenails. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Is this your, uh, like, the real first chance you've had to do, a, a like, some plants and gardening? Yeah, absolutely. It's the first time I've, I've had the time as, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, gone crazy with this much time. But uh, my wife, Lisa, and I have just put it into, you know, the farm and, and what we have been missing for a lot of years because we've been so busy touring, you know, every summer. But now uh, with everything up in the air, nobody knows when it's 
going to start or if it's going to start. And I hear a lot of places are actually going under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what we're you know fearful of too. Um, and and I've heard, um, in fact, some uh, country folks are doing uh, concerts in your car type situations. Would that interest you at all if you had that opportunity? Yeah, I'd be into anything that gets the music back to the people. You've got some iconic music, that's for sure. And I'm super appreciative that you're chatting with us today. Fifty. One years now, I guess, uh, since yeah. uh, 2019, that uh, you know, Grand Funk hit the uh, hit the airwaves with uh, "I'm Your Captain, Closer to Home" and so many great songs. Man, thank you for those songs. They are just so iconic, and I know they're on every classic rock fan's playlist. What does that feel like to have that kind of uh, longevity in the music industry? Well, I appreciate you mentioning that, buddy, and I'll tell you for. A guy that, you know, I mean, was 20 years old when I I got to, into this music business. My mother had to sign the contracts for me because in Michigan you had to be 21. Wow. And I, I learned from every burn. <laughs> but there was a lot of burns that came because we were so naive. But, you know, something, uh, it's just proven out to, to be exactly... Uh, what I've been writing about for all these years, and that's uh, if if you don't have love in your heart, if you don't have the ability to forgive, you are now you're not going to go very far in this world. Why do you think that message has resonated with fans for over fifty years? You know, your songs are so from the heart. What do you think has has kept those classic rock stations playing those song these songs all that time? Well, the the meaning of the songs were up to the individual. You remember mm-hmm. this is back before any music videos. So yeah. I'm your captain closer to home. It could be a thousand, a million different things to a million different people. But everyone that I've heard comment on this song and there's been a lot of military, a lot of veterans who've told me that they they use this song to get through Vietnam and to get on that plane coming home. You know, a lot of uh, military people are brothers and sisters who put it on the line and, and risk their safety for hours. You know, this touches their hearts. It still today uh, touches hearts. And in 2015 was the last, um, it was a Vietnam veteran ceremony at Fort Irwin, North California. That's where they've processed over a million troops since 9-1-1. And they mm-hmm. were commemorating the Vietnam War and the veterans. And we had so many veterans that came up on stage when we were singing Closer to Home you couldn't put another person for fear of somebody falling off. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. And everybody was singing, I'm getting closer to my... You know, I mean, everybody, when it came to that point, they were from different states. They were, you know, from different eras of the Vietnam era, uh, from different time periods within it, but 
Mm-hmm. Every tear was matched uh, with the same kind of devotion and love for each other that they made it through and they got back, even though they didn't get a very good welcome home, just because of, you know, it's like, uh, what does Trump call it? The, uh, oh, the fake news. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so what does closer to home mean to you? It means that God answers prayers. Because I, um, when I went to sleep that night, I said my prayers, and I put a P.S. on the end of it, (laughs) and I said, God, please give me a song that will reach and touch the hearts of those you want to get to. And can you think of a person that love doesn't want to get to? Man, it's like, wow. Uh, I got up in the middle of the night, wrote the words, but I didn't know they were words because I'm always writing words. Uh, my wife has got a folder of stuff <laughs> written down on <laughs> napkins and pieces of paper and some of the stuff that she was supposed to send back to people. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I took the words from the bedside to the kitchen table and started playing my George Washburn, my American-made flat top, my acoustic guitar, it was uh, it was just like magic that morning. I mean, it, it, it was not in the coffee. The coffee tasted about the same as it ever did. <laughs> <laughs> magic in that room, boys. The opening lick, and then when I hit the inversion of that C chord, I'd never hit that inversion of a C prior to that moment, but it was almost like somebody sprinkled some fairy dust all over <laughs> me right then. <laughs> yeah. It was good stuff. And and when I took it to rehearsal that day, both Don and Mel said, Farner, man, you wrote a hit here. This this song's a hit. I guess they were right. No, of <laughs> course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and with you guys forming in 1969 and releasing two albums just within a four-month period, was there any pressure for that? And tell us what it was like. You know, people sometimes don't release albums now for years apart. What's what's it like now compared to what it was then to put so much material out in that short of a time period? Well, then there was no click track. Whatever... Um, Ever, I mean, it may have been dependent upon how much caffeine Brewer had in him because he was keeping time, you know. Uh, but it was totally feel, mm-hmm. you know. It, we weren't listening to and trying to uh, keep up with and and focusing some of our attention onto the fact that if we don't, then it is going to be screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so everybody plays to a click track and blah, 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 blah. And they try to humanize it by giving it a little feel. It, it goes in and out of time, but it's not like a human being does. There's nothing that can imitate that. I mean, uh, God bless them for trying, but they're, they're just, it, you can't do that kind of stuff. Right. And, and that's part of, I believe, what's, that's part of what's missing from music because there's been so many music videos that depict whatever that song is in 
graphic, you know, graphically, uh, uh, what do they call that, uh, in the cinema, yeah. in, in, cinematic, that, the, in, cinematic, the big screen, the big screen, and, <laughs> but they don't, they, you know, they don't do what your mind could do with the imagination that God gave each one of us. Uh, it was better then. You know, it was just better back before the videos because we all had these imaginations and our imaginations were getting worked. And in imagination, that's where the spirits of all of us kind of meet when our imaginations are going. But they saw that we were meeting and so they stopped our imaginations and they gave us music videos and they took us off track. But I'm telling you, love is the focus and it's the heart of each one of us if we'll really get back to who we are. Oh, I agree. Speaking of getting back to who we are, are you excited to get back to touring? And, and where have your dates been moved to on the calendar? I am excited to get back to touring because that's my place. You know, When I'm on stage, the dimensions of the stage are mm-hmm. the the boundaries of my country, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's my country. That's my stage. That's mine. And my brothers and I, whoever it is sharing this music, before we take that place or that space, we always pray. We Mm -hmm. always pray and give it up to the spirit, the creator uh, of love and that love that's in us and that it would get to people to get to that part of them in the audience, the people that that came to, to see the show, that love would meet them in their heart and that they would be, you know, raised up because that's what the purpose of music is. We can raise each other. It's not to tear shit up. You know, it is to raise one another. Right. And, uh, so that, that's what, uh, even with, when I was out with Ringo, we were out in uh, Wisconsin playing an outdoor venue, and it was like a hundred and some degrees. Oh, so humid! And John Entwistle grabs it into the prayer circle just before we go on stage, and this is the first time that John Entwistle had joined us all. Uh, but it was great to see him in there, and people said things about the show about help us remember our parts and, you know, and bless everybody that came and all this. And, and, and it was then amen. And John stopped for a second. He says, well, what about the weather? <laughs> he, I mean, it was only a hundred and some degrees. You didn't say anything about the weather. You guys, come on. <laughs> that is fantastic. I, I remember, and this is going to kind of date me, um, I remember seeing you guys at St. Louis Union Station in 1997. Uh, I was kind of front, second row there. It was a free show for uh, KC Radio. I don't know if you'll Oh, yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. And um, I my dad was a huge fan and got me into you guys. He actually got a stick, a drumstick from, from Don. But um, it was just a fantastic show. You guys were just like so tight and everything. And it, it just shows what a powerhouse you as a vocalist is, as well as what, what the band was then. And it was just a fantastic show. So is that what fans can expect whenever you are back on tour? They can see that type of uh, atmosphere uh, from, from your new band, uh, Mark Farner's American Band? 
Yes. But of course, I have to tell you that no three people other than the original three people that created that music, brothers, Matt and Buddy, Mm -hmm. can make that, you know, can recreate it. Nobody else can even come close. I mean, it sounds good, professional musicians and everything, but the chemistry of the three individuals is really uh, needed to recreate Grand Funk, in my Mm -hmm. humble opinion. Yeah. Well, you opened the door to this question, and I don't want to get into anything, but would you would you do it again? I have been propositioning Mel and Don every chance, which is I get one chance a year at a corporate meeting, whether it's by a conference call, most of the time, 99% of the time, but once in a while you get a in face-to-face corporate meeting. But I've brought it up saying, to the president of the corporation, Don, why aren't you doing what you can to to make the most money for this corporation, which is, in my opinion, to put the original lineup back out where people are seeing the three of us, and especially because I wrote 92% of the music and sang it. I always get shut down. But I haven't can stopped I, praying. Can I ask why? Can you ask why I haven't stopped praying? No, no, no. Why Why it, it gets shut down, why they don't want to do it. If you don't want to answer that, that's fine. Like I said, I don't want to get too into it. But you did say they shut you down. Is there, yes, they, is they there a reason? Yes, they shut me down. But, but, brothers, I would only be speculating, and yeah. I don't want to speculate. I that's have uh, forgiveness in my heart. If I didn't, you know... Uh, that stuff would eat my lunch, man. I mean, yeah. what, what they've been doing, if I took it personally and said, wow, them guys, made blah, 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 blah. I, I can only pray for them uh, because yeah. they're off their path, you know, and they're doing mm-hmm. something that's, it's, it may be legal, but it's mm-hmm. dishonest. Where is the yeah. integrity, you know, to say that you're Grand Funk without the guy that wrote and sang 92% of the music? I, I'm sorry, but they, you know, they should have yeah. said Grand Funk Revisited <laughs> or <Right>. something <laughs> like Credence, right? right. At least yeah. you get a heads up that it's not the original bunch. And I've right. even thought, why don't we have some kind of a website where we can go to and get this yeah. star rating where it shows you the original lineup, who was in the band that you're going to go see, and how many of those out of that original lineup are in the lineup that you're going to pay money and go see this weekend? <laughs> mm-hmm. What about some honesty? That'd be great, wouldn't it? My goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally understand. Yeah, I bet it still means a lot to you when you perform to perform these songs to... Uh, <clears throat> to perform these songs and to see those fans' reactions. What does it mean when you get to talk to fans one-on-one, what they hear that that music means to them? Well, when we get that opportunity, usually it's at the autograph table when we're doing you know, merchandise and selling uh, autograph pictures and whatever they, albums the fans bring for me to, to sign and what have you. But I hear the sounds. I hear the, the, the spirits of these people that, that come, that fans that were at 
Chase Stadiums, the fans that were in Germany uh, in 1971 when I was there uh, in Schweinfurt and, and when we did the, the show for the troops. Uh, you know, the, I get to hear just bits and pieces, and I'm thinking all the time I keep saying to my road manager, man, I, that is the story right there. What I'm hearing out there, I wish there was a book that, that showed each one of these fans what their experience was and what their relationship to the song and what it meant to them and why they're coming to see me tonight. And they're able to shake my hand, get my signature, look me in the eyeball and tell me what they want to tell me. You know, to me, that means the world, guys. Yeah, why not uh, curate uh, that on social media and ask for people to submit it and maybe start working on that? Yeah, as soon as I get my garden planted. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh my you know, gosh. we're definitely in a different age, of course. You know, you can't, you no longer have that satisfaction. I, I like to buy albums, uh, physical albums. But yeah. now you have people that just, we're in the digital age where so many people just pick and choose what they want. What's, uh, what's it like being an artist in that type of age? It's seen every type of way possible to, you know, promote and sell music. Well, back when we started, it was, you know, way prior to 95, mm -hmm. a lot of independent promoters, a lot of uh, people that were with Capitol Records um, introduced us to some of the, the people that were in the machine that, that take your product, that, that takes it to radio, that, that shops it, that pushes it. And back then, when we first started, 1969, 1970, our relationships were on a first-name basis with the people that run the rent. And, I mean, we, we had an unusually high number of people that were into what we were saying and wanted to promote who we were to the world. And I keep attributing that to the messages. Each song can contained a message, you know, but yeah. it's always been about love. It's always been about peace. It's always been about telling the truth about something. And that's what people are drawn to. I am who my song says I am. But when the sham bands go out, they're not the people that wrote those songs, so they cannot animate the song to the place in that person in the fan's mind of where it really needs to set. That's why I keep saying to the guys, come on, man, let's go give them the real deal. But I don't know what it is, guys. I don't know what it is as far as uh, the psychological effect or, you know, the, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, I can't tell you what, why it isn't acceptable, but I know that it would make the most amount of money. Anybody in their right freaking mind <laughs> would know that it would make the most amount of money, but they don't want to do that. And for that, yeah. I don't know, man. It's kind of wacky. Yeah. I'd love to see a reunion if that ever happened for sure. Yeah. 
it would still crank. I'm I'm sure of that. We'd still have the same chemistry. I I know you would. I know you would. I so appreciate this. We're we're actually at time just because uh, just because we have another one behind you. But Mark, this was a pleasure. Please come back. This was so much fun. Thank you for your openness, your openness and your honesty. So I guess I'll close by asking, what's next? What are you looking forward to as soon as COVID is over? Getting back into the groove of the, the road, into the next audience, anticipating. Uh, the next rockin' time that I'm going to have with people. Every time Mm -hmm. I take the stage, it's a spiritual adventure for me. And I've never been let down. I can't tell you. I mean, I'm so blessed. Uh, You know, God just really blessed my ass. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, well, Mark, again, it was an absolute pleasure. We'd love to have you back anytime. And uh, thanks for uh, rocking. And we'll, we'll see. We'll see you on the road at some point. There you go, Matt. You there know, you I go. Try not to, I, try, I take a very journalistic approach, and I just want to hear what these guys have to say. So we have no comment on what he said, but <laughs> uh, we were we were holding back some some uh, some interesting emotions just because we were so surprised that he went there, and we're grateful that he did. Uh, it's really, really great when somebody wants to come on and open up to us about that. And it sounds like, you know, the big part of his career, that history stopped for him and he'd love to love to get it back. But it sounds like the relationship is at least there that, that it can be communicative, that there's mm-hmm. communication and desires expressed and desires not expressed. And at the end of the day, we haven't seen a grand funk reunion yet, but you know what, maybe COVID will give certain people perspective and nothing is out of the question. I'm hoping. You know, it's the music industry. Anything can happen. Um, it would be great to, to see that happen again. Um, you know, as I said in the interview, 97, I saw him for the first time and only time with the three main members. Uh, a few years ago, I actually saw the new version of it. And, uh, you know, they have some awesome songs. And I would look forward to seeing them one day, um, all three reunited and rocking out. Well, until that day, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. Thanks for listening. And keep checking out themusicuniverse.com and subscribe to us wherever podcasts are heard. And be sure to follow us on social media. (laughs) 